0: Good afternoon and welcome back to episode 7 of Jack Out of the Box. Um, I'm sure after last week's episode you guys are all happy that um, I'm back as the host. Um, and anyway, today I've got, um, I think he's more of a friend than, uh, but who also doubles as my support coordinator, Mark Dijon. Uh, how are you Mark?
1: Good thanks Jack, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good. had a busy day, but, um, yeah, I guess that's what uni's meant to be.
1: I was going to say, the life of a uni student's bound to be hectic and busy.
0: At some point, yeah. About time, I guess. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I think we'll start with what I wanted to talk with you about, Mark. Um, so, Mark's had quite a numerous amount of jobs um, in the disability industry yeah. and... From just some of the things he's told me, I thought it might be worth sharing with you guys too.
1: Cool, cool. No worries. Happy to. So
0: yeah, if you just want to take it from the top and yeah, that's about it from me.
1: Take it away. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I I actually started in disabilities when I was your age when I left school. Yep. I um, went over to Holland to see my family, and I had some rallies in Switzerland. And they actually said, "Oh, would well, you want to come here and get started doing some work at the home where my uncle was working, just to get your foot in the door and see what you think of it?" So, not only was it my first real job, I just had to learn a second language as well, or third language, just to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's a bit makes it a bit of a big stepping stone.
1: Well, it was a massive challenge because, like, when you're supporting children with disabilities. Their main language is their primary source form of communication. They don't really have second languages, so I had to do a crash course in learning how to speak Swiss German really, really quickly.
0: Can you recall any of that now?
1: Yes, every day. That's pretty cool. If I hear a person speaking Swiss German in a restaurant or I see a kid run past being cheeky and they say something that's a little bit out of line, I might spin around and turn around and go, "Hey, how, what do you think of that?" And they look at me with two with with their eyes wide open, <laughs> going, "What the heck?" <laughs> Which is always good for a laugh.
0: Yeah. So what what sort of stuff did you do over there?
1: So we're, when we worked over there, I, it was a home for children who couldn't live with their families. Um, so it was typical to like our kind of group home settings that we have here, where we had three or four kids um, with house parents living upstairs and then support workers had come in during the day and I was just one of the support workers helping the kids out, taking them to school, doing weekend activities with them. It was, yeah, it was amazing, it was really good fun. Um, and then from there after I saw my first snow ever, we went over to work on the farm and I worked at the farm for about Two about a year and year and a half, so I was there for almost two years. Yeah, and the farm was an employment service for people with disabilities, so they would learn skills and then go and work on other farms.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, it was amazing
1: the the jobs that they got and the 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 job satisfaction that they had, which then translated to us was yeah second to none. Yeah,
0: number. I I think that's probably. Something I really am looking at pushing, like, just because you have a disability doesn't mean you can't live your life. No. Like, have a job like a regular, everybody else, really.
1: Um, that's, That's really been a driving force in terms of how I approach my line of work and my life. Like, it's a core value that I've got. Yeah, is it everyone's equal? Some people just need a bit of help with. Yeah, stuff. there
0: might be a struggle, but there's stuff available mm. for it to happen. Yeah, just how I've ended up here.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, as a young as a young fella, you didn't you had no idea what life would throw your way, but
0: no, well, really. I mean, yeah, to an extent, like I sort of took it. Not really on the chin, but like as it came, I was just like, yeah, well, stuff's going to change and there's nothing I can do about it, so I may as well make the most of it.
1: You can only control what you control, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, I mean, that's that's been the key for your approach to everything. But you're here today and a testimony to yeah. your own commitment and dedication. You've come this far and the sky's the limit really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think um, that's how everyone should look at life. You're only bound by what you can't do physically or mentally in some cases. But, yeah, just because you might take a bit longer to do something or struggle with something for a bit longer doesn't mean you're not allowed to go and do it.
1: No. If you've got a dream, shoot for the stars, make it work. And if it doesn't work the first time, Keep trying until you get get it the way you want it.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. So then from the farm, what did you end up off? Where did you go to after that? When I
1: left the farm, I came back to Australia and I thought, well, that's it. I'm going to get back into farming and maybe one day I'll get back into disability work. Um, and I thought I'd have a crack at, yeah, just put some regular farm work and went and work, worked in a feedlot. Um the boss was less than agreeable, and I was probably young and stupid, so that led to some locking of horns, and yeah, we 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 decided we'd leave on reasonable terms. Well, actually, no, I bought, bought a car and he told me not to. <laughs> <And> <laughs> his reason for it was, well, every young guy that buys a car ends up leaving, and I said, well, I can see why I'm leaving.
0: Yeah, all right, <laughs> fed it to you on a platter, you weren't going to stick I wasn't, around.
1: I wasn't hanging around for that carry-on, and the the nail in the coffin for him was that he then rang my dad and said to my father, I'll talk to your father about this, and he said to my dad, what do you think your son's doing, he's throwing away his career, and he's leaving this great opportunity to work with me, and his dad went to his job and his life, he should do what he likes.
0: Yeah. So I went
1: home that night, packed the car, and drove straight out the drive and
0: Back to Sydney. Yeah. So no, what was that like working on a... I know I grew up on a farm, so I can't really speak from the other side. <laughs> What's it like going from like living in the city to then working on a farm?
1: I've always loved being out in the country. I've always had an affinity for bush life, family, families out in the country. I used to read about it and dream about it when I was a young fella. Um, yeah, that... That was, yeah, it just just gelled with me and I, I took to it like a duck to water, just that feedlot job kind of didn't really work out the way it should have. <laughs> then I came back to the city and I worked at Clark- Carlton Clydesdales for a little while doing the Easter show and country music festival with them. Yep. That was an amazing job, really, really good fun. Um, then I went and worked at the racetrack for Gay Waterhouse and Tommy Smith when he was still alive. And Gay Gay was an amazing boss. Yeah, yeah, right, young, young girl racehorse trainer she was at the time, and yeah, really, really fair and great boss to work for. And then I went to Orange Ag and studied horse management, thinking I'd get into the horse industry after my great experiences with horses in Switzerland.
0: Yep, but no, nah. <laughs> it just didn't stick.
1: It really didn't. I, I loved it. But it, there was, yeah, there was just, the horse industry is hard work and, and not not physically I was young and capable. That wasn't ever going to be an issue. Um, so then, yeah, I, I just thought, no, you know what, this is, this is I was more a people person doing yep. stuff with with people. So I came back and started in youth work and disabilities and the rest is history. I've been doing
0: that ever since. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty good um, lead up to it. Um, yeah, it's not like you only experience one job; you experience multiple things before that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I always, I always wanted to work towards running a company of my own of sorts. Yeah. Um, so over the years, I, I worked in disabilities um, from the ground up, um, working on the floor doing direct support out in the community, supporting individuals who had support different support needs um, and always trying to sort of work my way through understanding how it all fits together um, and spending a fair few years in management roles with a whole bunch of different companies until the NDIS rolled out. And then I thought, hey, you know what? I reckon I could probably get a better quality of life and work life balance and work for myself and work from home. And that's when I met you. Yeah. About six months after I started doing it myself.
0: Oh, wow. So it really <laughs> was almost straight away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, that was in, I started in the July and I think November, September, November, somewhere in that yeah, gap. Yeah, you met me. I met you guys at the Children's Hospital. Just as a bit of a chat to say, hey, this is what's happening in Wollongong. My son's going to study there too. Happy to be a, a sounding board. Not actually thinking that work was going to come out of it, but it kind of did. Ooh. But
0: I mean, we didn't know of anything else we could do with it, so we were like, well, this guy seems to know his stuff, so...
1: I, I guess the key to knowing your stuff is, is, is about listening to what the person wants. Yeah. And understanding that they will make their own life choices for where they want to go, and you're really just a conduit.
0: Yeah, and, um, yeah, obviously that is a factor, but I think we just, because of where I grew up and lived prior to moving to Wollongong, we didn't access many services because of how few were available where we, where I lived. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have known about half the things I do now if you didn't know what you were talking about, because I was kind of, was a bit double thrown in the deep end. I was like, I'm moving to (laughs) live by myself at uni and, yeah, get a whole new support system Mm. organised that wasn't my family.
1: Yeah. And and the key to that was, the key to making that work was finding people who were going to gel as a team and just really be at one with the support that you need, which has been really, really cool.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that in terms of care has been achieved, um, which is the main thing. Like, I, do, I get along with my whole support team, so that's good. But, um, although I know they're not here to be my friend, um, it's good to just be able to be at ease with them here all the time
1: and i think they, they approach you with a real sense of you are your own person and you've got control of how that
0: looks yeah they're just here to help facilitate my life for me not mm. live it for me
1: and every one of them brings their own qualities and and, and bits and pieces to the team it's it, you could talk even listening to the podcast to date the ones you the guys that you interviewed it's, it's been an absolute crack-up listening to how the different people approach your support and what it looks like, and, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and I think um, being able to have the difference in, like, not everyone's 40 years old. Like, I've got some guys that are a bit younger than me and some that are a bit older and then, like, mature adults who are, like, 40-plus, um, which... I think it's good to have that balance of someone i can like obviously i can chat with the um guys who are a bit my senior um but then also just being able to connect with the guys who are my age like we we're interested in the same stuff and yeah it makes it really um uh, instead of having people who are here who are all the same and that would just be horrible because I'd be feel like I'm talking about the same thing all the time
1: uh, that was one of the key things that we talked about when we met at the hospital that time yeah that when you go to uni it has to look like you're a bog-standard uni student hanging out with your mates yeah you're not a person who is walking around with some old person walking beside them and old I mean like my age in their 50s walking beside yeah. you going hey Jack do you think you should blah 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 it's like nah
0: yeah, but I do think, to their credit, they do understand that. Um, and You've got the
1: coolest bunch of people, though, even the old ones. Yeah, like myself that's what I'm saying. Not yeah. me, maybe, but Scott. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Scott basically is just a big kid. So.
1: And Dale? Yeah, he's pretty good. And Ali's awesome. Everyone. Yeah. I guess. yeah, everyone's We've got a really great, great crew. Yeah, we have a lot of laughs and, and 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 the banter that we have going around through the through the chat group as we organise stuff and the jokes people make or tongue in cheek and sometimes you look at it and you go, Ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I definitely see some of the things that are said on that and be like, what? I mean, yeah, okay, it's like I mean it is for work to um, help everyone stay in the loop, but yeah, it is funny when there's a bit of banter on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the guys have definitely got each other's back, which is really, really nice. They're a unified group of individuals who, yeah, have one common thing and that's you and yeah. their commitment to you and that sort of stuff, which is, yeah, super cool.
0: Um, yeah, that's really good that it's just awesome that they can... They work together towards the common goal of me living as normal as i can yeah independently yeah. as well and the key to it like
1: from from my point of view in terms of a support coordinator's role the key to making my side of things work is that you have to have someone who's a good networker a reasonable communicator and will follow through with the actions they say they're going to do. That's that's what a good coordinator should do. Yep. And they should be able to pull all the strings together in terms of the people that are around you and how that support's delivered and just be able to communicate openly and frankly with all of the people in that team. It, it's really Support coordination's not a set-and-forget kind of role. You can't just go, OK, no worries, off you go, Jack, now you're at uni, see you later, I'll see you in a year's time when your review's due. It just happens all of the time. You just have to be accessible and able to respond to changes as they happen. Yeah, I
0: think stuff happens. Like We've had to have a few staffing changes, but (laughs) (laughs) that happens in every work team. Like, Yeah, it wasn't going to be the same people for the whole time. No. Um, But yeah, who we have now is really uh, really good. Yeah, no,
1: it's really, really, really cool the way it's worked out.
0: Yeah. So I don't know, was that's obviously not the end of the podcast, but no. maybe yeah, you had some you text me about some ideas you had um, about I guess stuff you wanted me to, to know about and you wanted to know a bit more about some of my um
1: Yeah growing, my life. Growing up on the farm and and stuff like that. I know you spoke to Scott and um, Dinesh about it as, as you were going through how how you came about understanding your condition and the support that you needed with that. But as a young fellow growing up on the farm, there were at least two serious droughts, if it wasn't three, that you and the family lived through.
0: Uh, yeah, so probably two that I can remember. Um, like... Yeah, that's just a struggle for a lot of people. Not just a lot of people have had it a lot worse than we have. So we just kind of count our lucky stars that we've managed to get through it. But Um, as as a community, as
1: a young person in a community where everyone's in the same boat, that's that's got to be really sort of character building and developing in terms of yeah, I think so. You let
0: it it either hits you pretty hard or you understand that it happens and that sure it's pretty crap but there's it decides not to rain it's not gonna rain so (laughs)
1: there's and it does it really does
0: (laughs) like we've seen recently so um look i think it's just something you everyone in that those areas go through it doesn't like it it's not just you who's affected, it's everybody in the area. Yeah. Um, but some people choose to live through the drought um, and others choose not to, which I think... Um, it can be a hard line to differentiate what is.
1: And when you say not live through, you mean sell up and move out of the area. There are mm-hmm. more drastic not live through decisions that people make, but that's yeah, what you're meaning, isn't
0: there's it? Like obviously, the people yeah who I'm not I'm by live through I'm meaning like that the drought is the only thing that they um, are interested in while it's occurring and that just as I mean I know I haven't run a farm but I'm guessing as a farmer that is just not great to wake up every day and obviously. For most All of them basically The first thing they think of is Oh we It's not raining again today Yeah um, And you Credit to them They You've got to
1: Tough it out And come yeah, to the other side
0: Hopefully it's Everything's good But Yeah Most Most of them struggle with it Which is really hard But um, I guess Kind of The more people that know about that That it is a struggle, like city people. The food doesn't just come from Woolworths. (laughs) Um, There's a whole someone's livelihood has got that there. Yeah. Um. So.
1: Yeah. Well, like I mean, you know, there's someone out there wrapping steaks up in the paddock, and then there's other people putting bread, loaves of bread, into tip-top bag, tip-top bags. Yeah. Exactly. It's a whole. If only the city people knew there was so much more to it than that. Yeah, brown milk doesn't (laughs) come
0: from brown cows.
1: Exactly.
0: And the eggs actually come from animals, not just out of the carton.
1: Yeah. And the chickens don't stamp them either, just to dismiss another.
0: (laughs) truth. Yeah, so, look, I think, yeah, droughts are really crap. And it's a community effort to get through it you need yeah the more outlets you can have to express enjoyment mm. that don't involve being at the farm uh yeah you need to make the most of those during those time yeah. times of drought or any hardship because it is just it's tough
1: is that why when it did finally rain you and abby went exploring and got your chair bogged
0: yeah, <laughs> obviously, getting bogged is fun. Um, Take it from
1: um, you. Got I got your back on that one, hundred yeah. percent. Mud washes mud washes off. The experiences last your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe you covered Abby in as much mud as you did trying to get out.
0: <laughs> well, that wasn't exactly my fault. We were trying to. It was, a team, the it was a team effort. <laughs> without having to way. call mum and dad, which, um, yeah, didn't end up happening.
1: No, that was absolutely cracked me up. The pictures and the, the story that went behind it was just the best. But, yeah, no,
0: making the most of everything you've got. Yeah, exactly. Make the most of the good times mm-hmm. and the stuff you enjoy. And the place you grew up in is just amazing.
1: The Countryside, the... The paddocks, the farm is just something else. I've, yeah, I'm yeah. really grateful for seeing that.
0: There's only so many buildings you can look at.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's open expanse, yeah, and it's just amazing, just yeah. wonderful to see.
0: Definitely somewhere I'd definitely like to go back to following, whether it's just uni or a career or whatever, but. I suppose my career couldn't is could almost be all remote. So I guess I can live wherever I want. So you
1: absolutely can, given the given IT and everything else that you need. You can yeah, you can deliver what you do wherever you happen to be. So wherever you pull up, and as as for this computer setup, if you can, <laughs> it'll be absolutely amazing. Like. I can't see that this wouldn't work anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, you could work from home. You could work from the farm. You could work from a rural setting. You could work from a town. Yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere at all. And then it's just about networking and hooking you up to people to do the bits and pieces you need help with, and you're off.
0: Yeah, exactly. because um, Obviously, I will still need that when I'm finished studying, so... Yeah. Wherever. I don't know, I'm pretty flexible. I, re- I really like Wollongong. It's a great area, so... I wouldn't be disappointed if I stayed here for... I don't know, how long? Yeah,
1: I reckon it'll grow on you. It has.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think I need any more time to know I've made the right decision, which probably... Going into my third year of uni, yeah, I should have figured out that i made the right choice. And I have, which is great.
1: But that's like any choice in life, though, isn't it, really? Like, knowing that you've made the right choice, even if it's the wrong choice, it was the right choice at the time, you might have to change it down the track.
0: Yeah, exactly. You
1: know that from the course that you're doing, you've changed that a little bit. Yeah. So you're not doing the same course as you started with, are you?
0: No, so that'll be good to... I mean, everything I've done this semester is stuff that was common in both. So Mm. um, next semester we'll start IT, and I hope it's what I think it's going to be, which will be pretty good if it is.
1: Yeah. Well, it's all part of the journey, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Heaps of people change their mind and do something else. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Going from, yeah, horse management to disabilities – Often people now look at me and they go, what do you mean you did horse management in uni and now you're working in disability? <laughs> but they really never get the whole backstory and that there was a whole bunch of working disabilities that had to do with horses before that that led to maybe that short little sojourn and then back to the main focus of what I wanted to do. So yeah, it, it kind of all led in the one direction but there are a whole bunch of different influences that came along the, along the way. Yeah. And I met some crazy people along the way. My boss in Switzerland, for example, we, we had horses on the farm and we used to use them for haymaking and driving them for weddings on, in, on weekends and stuff like that. And there was one weekend he decided he'd pull an old hay sled out of the top of the hayloft and we'd take it for a spin on, on the back road with three abreast in, <laughs> front, of, in front of the sled Um, I'm not sure if you know what that might look like, but three horses side by side with a pole in the middle, and the only thing that slows the sled down is the pole pulling on the harness, which then holds on the horse's bottom. And unfortunately, the front of the pole snapped off. Oh, jeez. Which meant that the sled hit the horse's heels. And they took off. And they took off. (laughs) And the faster they went, the more it hit them. And we had... Three people with disabilities sitting on the back. Oh, God! The boss and another gentleman with disability were sitting on the front, on the on the on the box, and I I screwed the brakes up as, high, as hard as they could. The back skids were probably three inches off the ground. We were hurtling down this this back farm road, and I thought we're done for. We're dead. We'll be in the <laughs> newspaper. This is this, is this is signing your life away. <laughs> anyway, Martin decided that you know we probably shouldn't die today, and he's spun us off into a corn paddock which had four foot of snow in it and then he just abandoned the box, reins and all, and dived into the snow. And all and all I saw was him diving off to the side, but obviously having the reins in his hands. The horses pulled up pretty quick. The snow was deep enough to slow the sled down. And then he got up with snow in every orifice possible and looked up at me and I thought, Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> now he's I wasn't gonna die. I was gonna die before, but now I'm definitely gonna be murdered and he gets up and he goes say mark if you're ever not sure that's how you stop the horses let's walk home (laughs) (laughs) oh it's terrifying but amazing and i'll never ever forget it yeah that would have been crazy it was it's funny though the the people that were with us that we supported who were on the sled with us i don't think they ever realized they were in as much danger as they were in they were having a football... They were laughing and clapping and yahooing, which I guess didn't help with trying to calm the situation down.
0: <laughs> probably not, but I guess... They it's honestly probably better than the alternative.
1: Well, they got back in wagons and on sleds after that, so we never damaged them with it. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to pick uh, my brain about, or
1: no? I just wanted to find out about yeah, your 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 life on the farm as a young bloke and
0: yeah, well, living think, through droughts and growing up. I think up. because for the most part, I was basically I was ten basically when I was diagnosed. So um, I'd lived pretty regularly before that. So I rode motorbikes and, well, even up until I was sort of 14, I was still doing that. Um, I took, I don't know if it was a big interest, but a a little bit of interest, interest in what was going on in the farm and helping out and stuff. But then sort of became a bit big for me to manage or do like effectively or safely. So yeah. Um,
1: I've seen some amazing technology for people who have physical support needs who can still use machinery like headers and tractors, like the modern machinery, the yeah. IT stuff that goes into making them run. So Notwithstanding I, a lift, you'd be able to get in there and do that yourself with a joystick.
0: Yeah, but... If you wanted to. If I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, as I said in the last episode, mum and dad knew I wasn't going to be a farmer. So. Yeah, I remember that one. I, yeah, that might be a bit of a stretch, but but if for that was, anyone else, yeah, yeah the option is there yeah. mm. to do that stuff. Yeah, not, not not much is off limits for people to do. You just have to want to do something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, then that's, that's it. Like, you can, you can, most things we have nowadays can be modified. Yeah. To suit. You're going to go for your your learner's licence soon.
0: Yeah, I actually booked the appointment in today. Oh, awesome. A fortnight away on Wednesday. Oh, good stuff. That'll be good. I'll head up to that. It's not very far, but that will be fun. So you'll do the off-road assessment first? Yep, so that's then, and then I guess we go from there when on-road starts happening, which that will be fun.
1: Yeah, and we'll have a bunch of reports ready for your review meeting, but that's really, really cool. Yeah. Let, let, let jack loose on the road. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and then buying a car. Be, I haven't done that before, so that will be something new as well.
1: well I, 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 like, I was interested to hear Dodie's idea for your wheels. He's already pimping your van out.
0: Oh, I, I don't <laughs> think that's just him. I think that was me as well. <laughs>
1: Flash wheels, big motor.
0: No, I don't... <laughs> I don't know.
1: Although fuel economy in today's circumstances is probably, not, is probably a much better idea. You're better off getting an electric vehicle or something. <laughs> it's going to start being like Mad Max if this keeps going.
0: Yeah, it might. I just, it's a bit crazy. Yeah. I'm glad I could fill my car up when I need it. And it was not stupidly expensive.
1: You didn't have to remortgage someone's house to pay for the fuel bill. (laughs) No. No, it's been crazy lately. So, yeah, maybe not a big motor, but...
0: It'll it'll look like a 21-year-old owns it.
1: Yeah. Exactly right. And that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, Yeah, but I think that probably is going to bring us near the end. I don't have anything else I was gonna to talk to you about, Mark. Um, awesome. No and if you don't have anything else for me.
1: No no. I just wanted to touch base, see how things were going and yeah, share a bit of my experiences and Yeah. Get to know um, you a bit more about where you're heading and how that looks for you. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um thanks for coming on and chatting to everyone out there who listens. <laughs> um I the number's me. steadily growing. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, I think just the more people I interview, the more people will be interested to watch it. Uh, Listen. (laughs) Jeez, it's a podcast, not a TV show. Um, Same, same. Yeah. So thank you guys if you've stuck around and listened. Um, If you guys have any ideas of who you want me to interview uh definitely let me know send me a message on facebook at jack out of the box um yeah i think the more variety of people i can interview the more listeners i get the bigger the community can grow um yeah so i hope you liked today's episode and um yeah join in come back next week for whoever i have in store then Thanks, Mark, and I will talk to you guys later. Thanks for
1: having me.